Welcome to Fascinating Truth, where godly men suit up for the front lines of the battlefield. I'm your host, David Miles. You ready? Here we go. All right, welcome back, guys. We finished up last week talking about headship. All right, it was an important discussion. Uh, basically, what we discussed was the role of women, the role of men. And I do want to reiterate one more time for all of you guys out there. You are called to biblical headship. To whatever degree God has gifted you with a family, with a wife, you are called to that headship, okay? I don't want there to be any confusion as we go through this because... You are called to lead your family, to lead your wife, to lead in your local church, in the community. God has called you to do these things because of who you are. Yes, I am boiling it down to gender. Yes, I'm boiling it down to biological gender. That's the way God made it. And if you'll notice, that's also the way that you are wired. God has made you that way. Whether you are actually living in it or not, that's what he has called you to. So headship, extremely important, a responsibility you cannot get away from. And as we went over in the episodes discussing what that looks like, what that means, there's a lot more practical outlooking, outworkings of that that we will unpack in future episodes. But for now, suffice to say, the woman that God has given you is a gift from God. She's wonderful, also made in the image of God, your counterpart, your equal. She's not inferior to you. You are not superior than her. However, let me be crystal clear. You are called to headship. And if you are not in charge, if you are not, and, and again, in charge as in the leader, not the boss. There's a big difference there. You work together. She is your counterpart. She is the helper that God has given you, but you all work together as one flesh. You are the head of that body. You are the one that is to give directions, but you are also the one responsible for where this thing goes. So accept the responsibility and own it from that aspect as the one who has to give an account one day, not as some entitled brat who's now been given um, extreme authority that he didn't deserve. That's not the angle that we've understood it that way traditionally in a lot of areas, not how it was written, not what it intended, and not actually what it means at all. So we can step away from this, the fear that it tends to instill because the negative image that it paints about what women are and the negative image about who men think they are, neither one are actually the case, not what the Bible is saying. So that's when we went over last week. But if there's one thing you have learned on this podcast, that was last week. We are now on this week. So this week, we're actually going to be going things a little bit more practical. Again, let me clarify Everything that we go over here should be practical to you. That is the point of doing all this. None of this discussion that we have is going to be purely philosophical and etherical. No, we will have philosophical discussions. We will have theological discussions. We'll have lots of ickle discussions. But the point is, what we are after here is to uncover truth and apply it to our lives. So everything that we go through is practical. But what I mean for today is today we're going to be going into something that is extremely practical, as in very simple and widely applicable. 
to our lives. You can use this in so many different ways, pretty much everything you intend to do. What we're going to discuss today is actually going to help make that happen. So let's go ahead and get right into it. So as we're talking about practicality, as we're talking about um, things being put into place, let's jump right into an example of what that doesn't look like. All right. But I want to take you to something because this is going to help draw the contrast and paint the point for what we're trying to get to today. I am going to assume that all of you listening to me have either participated in, coached, parented, had some connection with an organized sports game involving three to five-year-olds. Now, for those who have, there was a smile or a chuckle or something immediately on your face, or there was a sense of frustration because you maybe coached that or you were a little bit too serious. The bottom line is those games are hilarious. And it's because we get these kids, all right? They're jacked up on energy, emotion, passion, excitement. They've got all of that into one bundle of just almost vibrating energy. They are so jacked up. Of course, giving them Capri Suns and orange slices at the at, we we just do everything we can to get these kids on a sugar high and they're excited and they go running out in to play this game. Now, they're dressed up. They've got the jerseys. They've got, I'm going to use soccer for an example. It's what my kids were in most recently. The soccer, they've got on their shin guards, their colored socks, their jerseys. They're out there on the field. They've got their cleats or their shoes, and they are on each side. They're getting ready to do the kickoff. Everything is amazing. They're set up. This is beautiful. And then they start to play. It takes about five seconds for everything to break down, and you realize something important is missing. As it turns out, all that passion and desire and energy doesn't translate into extraordinary gameplay and sports performance. Go figure. But these kids want it. And isn't that what you're supposed to do to be good at something else? You just got to want it bad enough. All these kids want it. There's something missing here. What do they want? What, What is going on in here? And what is causing this hilarious chaos that we see in front of us? Well, When you play sports, any of you who have played or played any sort of competitive anything, you know that while the games are fun and kind of what you live for, and the same reason those kids are excited, the jerseys, the the teams, all the formalities, I mean, it's just all very exciting. Actually, if you've played a lot of sports, that can be extremely nerve-wracking because of what's on the line. So the games are one thing, but you also know that those games are absolutely atrocious if you have not been able to prepare and that comes with practice now see practices are generally not fun they take determination and consistency but they prepare you for what the game itself is going to throw at you you can handle the challenges that come on game day that you would not even probably think of or be prepared for had you not had that foundation to build on so what we see with the kids is they run around chase each other and have a tons of fun but without thinking about the objective of the game because they weren't prepared or focused. They, they don't care. They were, they were excited to kick the ball in the goal, but now they're just trying to kick the ball. Oh, and now they're chasing each other. And oh, oh now look, there's a, there's a flower. The kids are having a blast, but they're everywhere. And the objective, the goal of the game, nowhere on their radar at this point. And that's just not where they're at. Now that's cute for three and five-year-olds. Go out and watch a high school team try to play that way. Not so cute anymore. Not so cute at all. Reason for that, because we expect with maturity, we expect expect there to be a more focused dedication. People should be able to focus on what the point of the game is. 
So if you and then beyond that, if you want to make it into the big leagues, something has to change. Because to win the game, the race, the match, life, whatever it is we're talking about, there are a few things you have to learn if you're going to be successful. Because running around like these kids, it's not going to cut it. And in fact, just playing on a team and being a competitive player doesn't by itself cut anything. There is something that separates the ordinary from the extraordinary. And we're going to get right into that to what makes the difference here today. Because really, while we're talking about sports as our analogy, what we're really getting at here is life. Whether being a husband, being a father, being a minister, being a member of your church. All these things will incorporate into three important critical points that will help you to have a more productive life and help you to really reach the goals that God has set for you. Now, speaking of that, the first topic we're going to be discussing is the goal. So with little kids, they have no idea what the goal of the game is usually. And even if they do, they get lost in the emotion and the fun of being around others. Their excitement leads them everywhere but towards the goal. And this is what makes the utter chaos hilarious and fun to watch. But it doesn't help them win games. There's nothing about the fun they're having that actually produces the objectives and the goal of the game. They don't score any goals, and if they do, they're almost usually by accident. It doesn't help. But what this shows us is that if your goal, because there's a lot of kids that don't even have a clue why they're out there, you know, it's soccer, I like soccer, there's a ball but they have no idea what the actual goal is. If the goal is to work together and to pass the ball to each other and to try to get it in the net, if that's the ultimate goal, then the kids, what they're trying to do changes. So what we see as kids get older, things begin to change. Now all of a sudden we're getting to see some serious competitiveness, some serious sports going on here because the goal has become clear. So let's let's bring this down again. We said it's going to be very practical. If your goal is not clear, in whatever you're doing, or if you not have not set a goal. For example, some goals are things that are going to be handed to you. You may have a work, you may have been given a task. That goal has been given to you. That's important. However, there's going to be other times that you have, especially when it comes to life, you've got to set these goals because no one else is doing it for you. Oh, you need to be a good husband. Okay. What does that mean? How do I be a good husband? You need to be a good man of God. Well, what does that mean? You know, I can't make that my goal when I don't understand it. The goal is not clear. It is just a name. It'd be like telling somebody to score a goal when you didn't explain that the ball going in the net is what actually scores goals. There's something missing here. So we have to do that. If the goal is not clear and we haven't set it as something that's above everything else as the highest priority, then when the game comes, in this case life, you're going to be distracted by all the other possible goals. Like the kid with the flowers or the bee or kicking the dust or chasing around the other people. It's, those became new goals in the process, distractions. Every game has them and learning to ignore them and to focus. That distraction can be pain. That distraction can be other players. There's so many other things that can come in to distract you. The words of others, just the difficulty and suffering that we come across. These can all be distractions, but they are not our goal and they should not be part of the goal. Because see, if you don't have a set goal, your goal in the moment, when you're right in the middle of everything, it's going to shift. 
and the main goal is going to be lost. Oh no, David, I'm not like that. I don't, I don't, I don't do that. I, I disagree. How many times were you supposed to go? Let me give you, let me give you a really good example. Okay, this this transcends time here. Let's say that you were supposed to go into the kitchen to do something. All right, you end up opening the refrigerator. You look at everything in the refrigerator. You're not even hungry. Just looking around. And then you remember all of a sudden, oh, I came in for this. You were distracted. Your goal shifted. Even better, how many times you've been supposed to be doing something, you pull up social media, get a notification on your phone. Next thing you know, you're off in some other wonderland. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. Your goal shifted. Now, we're going to get into focus a little bit later. But you have to have an overarching goal. If you wake up and go into every single day, this is really what we're getting down to. If you get up every single day and you don't already know what your main goal is, that's when you need to stop and you need to figure it out. Okay? For example, you want to be a better, you want to be a better husband, better man of God. Admirable goals that all of us should have every single day. You need to sit down and figure out what that looks like. What does that mean? What am I doing today? Today, I'm going to make sure that I have those dishes washed for my wife because she's had a rough day. This needs to be done. Am I sitting here telling you, you need to wash the dishes all the time? Yes, actually. You should be helping with that. That should not just be your wife's duty. Now, you may be working a lot and she may be in a position, especially if she's a stay-at-home or if she's a homemaker, where she is in a better position to do that. Under no circumstances should anything be solely hers. Remember, you are the head of the household. The entire household falls under your responsibility. Now, she's going to help you with that and do those kind of things, but she's not a slave. She's not a maid. She's your wife, your counterpart, your equal. So you are in charge of making sure it happens. She is not a slave or free labor, okay? That is not who she is. You need to make sure you, you are keeping all of that straight. But if you don't have a goal, and guys are bad about this. We are really bad about kind of getting up and just floating along and reacting to whatever comes our way during the day. We're very bad about this. We cannot be that way. Your goal cannot shift. It's got to be set. Okay? Otherwise, you're just like those kids, you're going to end up running in circles all day. You're going to do one thing, then shift and bump, bump, bump. Next thing you do, there's either 16 things that didn't get completely done, or you didn't actually end up getting anything done that day because you didn't have a set goal. So goals, that's, that's, the, that's the first thing that we need to look at there. Because really, let's be honest, we are all just like kids. The same problems that we see with these kids running around, we face the same things. We have our distractions. We have our problems. We have our things that we have to deal with, okay? But you, as a godly man, husband, and father, you must have clear goals. Most men do not make goals. They just kind of float along. We are very bad about being reactive instead of proactive. It's a natural stance. It's easier. But it's only kind of easier because then you don't deal with all the stuff that you got to deal with. It's actually easier to be on top of everything. It's, it's a false sentiment that it's easier. It's actually harder and has a much higher cost. Because ultimately what it does is it robs you of part of your God-given purpose, which then robs you of the satisfaction that God has made you to feel by doing the things you've been called to do. When you're forced to do them, do them last second, or finally get around to them, it loses something versus if you had already had it on your plans and gotten it taken care of. All right. And God also, one of his God-given purposes for you is to govern, is for you to govern your life and your home as an appointed steward of the king. 
and seeing it from that aspect. God has given this to you for you to do. You need to have clear goals because you will not accomplish anything if you want if you don't have that down. Now we're going to get into some more specific goals that you should have as a husband and as a father and these kind of things. That'll be in future episodes, but today the biggest takeaway, you've got to make goals, you've got to make them a top priority because if you don't do that, you're not getting anything done. Nothing's going to happen for God. It's not going to be what it's supposed to be. You have to set goals and you've got to make them a top priority. For example, if you're going to exercise, you've got to make decisions in the rest of your day. Everything has to be centered around that goal. You have to design your day. You've got to design these things to make sure those things happen. That's what happens when they become the overarching goal. Not this little side thing I hope happens one day, but your goal. And you've got to have them in various areas of your life. Not just one. Don't make it so broad that you can't. It's just worthless. Be specific. Make a goal. All right. So you got to set these God-centered goals and you got to stick to them because that's what he's made you to do. All right. That's number one. Number one, what we've got to have for a practical and a successful life in a lot of the areas that God has called us to is what we call the goal. All right. Now we're moving on to item number two called the oomph. Yes, I said that as a word. It is spelled here on my notes, the oomph, U-M-P-H. All right, I've also seen it U-M-F. We're going to do things a little bit more formal here on this show. So the U-M-P-H, oomph. All right, this is probably one of the most universal features of men. Um, There are, if men do not have this current attribute, this characteristic, they, they had it, they just lost it. We'll get into that in a little bit, that you can get that back. Okay, guys, if you feel like you've lost it, you've lost that oomph, that drive, that passion, that thing that moves you, uh, that is definitely can come back. And there's usually a root reason that is keeping it from coming back because it is a natural stance, especially for boys and men. May not be as much so for women, okay? Not going to dive into all of that, but this is something that we see just in a natural, physical, biological sense. There is an oomph from testosterone. Boys are just more wild. They're crazy. They're driven. There's an aspect in which men need to be on the move. There's an aspect in which we are driven, but we ha- we tend to be the ones that struggle with goals and focus, which we'll get into in a minute. And that is what causes us problems. But that is not something that's usually missing. But if it is, it is because of some things that have happened. All right. Um, like I said, the oomph is important. It's typically reckless and it can be very self-destructive in men. Um, now there are things that can make you lose it. Like we talked about tragedy, heartbreak, life in general, sickness, many things can rob you of this oomph, this passion. Okay. But it's not gone forever. That's not God's place for you. And you're not condemned to live without that oomph. All right. God can do that through healing, restoration of passion, hope. These are the things that bring it back. When you begin to see a light at the end of the tunnel, when you begin to see there's a chance that you can really step into what God's called you to, that will bring it back. And it'll bring it back faster than about anything. Okay? So you guys need to see this. Now, God is the one who brings it back. So don't come looking to David. David is not the one you need to be coming to to get this fixed. You've got to go to God because he can fix this and restore that. But that is the other thing that it takes. You've got to have the willpower. You've got to have the gumption. You've got to have these things to get yourself up off the ground, the get after it, the gumption, the drive, the passion, the, whatever you want to call it, you've got to have the oomph or you're never going to get anywhere. All right. 
Now, like we said, men mostly have that one. That one's not as difficult, not such a big deal. Most people have it. If not, you can get it back. God can do the work. We'll, um, future episodes will really get into that. That's kind of what we're talking about here. Third and final thing, this is the one that the other one that really gets us as guys. It is called the focus. All right. Guys, we tend to have one or two out of the three at best. We almost very few people have all three together all the time. So some people lack a clear goal, but they can focus well when their minds are occupied. And maybe you don't believe me, but let me get you a question. Maybe they don't have a real goal in life. Maybe there's not really something they're reaching for or doing, except for to have some fun. They're not really doing that. But you get them playing Call of Duty. Oh, yeah. Game on. They will tear you to pieces. They are dead center laser focused. Okay. That's somebody lacking a clear goal, but has great focus. All right. Others have a goal, but can't seem to keep their mind centered on that goal. There's other things that come up in life and they distract them, making it impossible to meet those goals. What does that typically lead to? Honestly, it leads to the first scenario typically, because what happens is you now you have a goal, but you can't get to it. So eventually you just abandon the goal. And now you've got somebody who can't focus, no goal. You're kind of down from having one item down to none. And now you're really in trouble because all you've got now is you've got passions, but you've got no focus and no goals for them. They're just there. And those can actually be some of our most destructive people um, whenever that happens because there's certain people, if they're not mentally stable, this can lead to horrific acts of violence and other things that can happen because these other parts are missing. So it's very important that we keep that in there. So we don't want to be lacking in focus or the goal. But the focus, okay, so these are just general focus. The focus I'm talking about is focusing on the goal. Remember the goal that we set, the first thing we talked about? You've got to set that goal and you've got to go after it, okay? A player in a sport, they can have all the skill in the world, all the enthusiasm and all the practice you can think of. But if he can't ignore all the distractions and all the mental obstacles that he's going to face in the game, he will fall. We've seen it time and time again. You can fall to a far inferior opponent because they were tenacious in their focus. And they were able to beat you, not on skill, not even on ump. They just beat you on focus because now they were not distracted and made those terrible mistakes that you caught yourself making. So that is what happens. Okay, so now we've talked about all these examples. We put everything in sports analogies. Let's let's begin to bring this home this down. Bring it in as we wrap this thing up. Bring it in to what should this look like in your life? Okay, what should this look like when you put this into place? How can you incorporate the goal, the umph, and the focus into change in your life? Okay, we touched on this briefly. Let's say your goal is to get in shape. Let's say that your goal is to tone your body. To do these, there's plenty of other goals. We can talk about fixing your finances. We can talk about fixing up the house. We can talk about doing better in your job. Let's just pick something very straightforward, very simple that we've all probably tried to do, get in shape. Okay? So that's your goal. You can't have a wishy-washy desire. It's got to be genuine and it's got to be important to you. You can't have a goal of one day I want it. That's worthless to you. Okay? But on the other hand, what you can do that's very important is you can, you can hone that goal in, you can make it clear, you can make it important, and you can set it above everything as your top priority, okay? Now, when that happens, you're 
all of your energy and focus goes into making that goal a reality. What does that mean? Well, if you're if you're exercising, if you, like we said, if you're exercising is your goal, you're going to make sure you get enough sleep. You're going to make sure you're eating right. You're going to make sure you're doing it at the right time of day. You'll rearrange your schedule if you have to to make it happen. That is the kind of goal we're talking about, the one that causes you to make all these changes and to make this stuff actually come to pass. You have to have that or it will not work, okay? But then you've got to have this. you got to have the umph. you got to really want it, and you got to have the energy behind it. And then there's the third thing. You've got to have your focus. What happens if it rains? What if you get sick? What if there's appointments or problems or something goes wrong or your phone notifies you, you get a phone call or a text, something happens that throws off your schedule and now your goal seems to be out the window, okay? But you've got other stuff going on. What do you need? Well, focus, okay? Now, not, now sometimes you just got to run with those curveballs. Stuff happens in life, you just got to work around it. But you need focus where you're saying, no, I am going to accomplish this goal today. You would be amazed the kind of things you can pull off just because you have to, because you've made it so important. That's exactly what this is. You make it so important that you will focus, you'll forget everything else, and you'll put all of your attention on this to make sure that it happens. And you're going to hit your goal. You're going to make it happen no matter what. All right. This is actually a spiritual concept as well. We've got to do this. And Paul talks about it in Philippians 3, 13 through 14. It says, No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Now, being a godly man, being a godly husband, a godly father, these should be your ultimate goals. So what Paul's talking about here very clearly is that you can't dwell on the past, and, but you've got to stay focused on the future because the past teaches you things, but you can live there, which can just destroy your future umph. That's how you get rid of your umph, is you focus on all the failures. You put your focus in the wrong area. You focus on what's called an anti-goal, where it's the opposite of what you're trying to do and how you're so successfully keeping yourself there and ruining your chances. It's almost like shooting yourself in the depression. Those kind of things are not what our goals are. It's not what we're focused on. We forget about those and we focus on what lies ahead and we press on towards the goal, which is the prize that Christ has given us if we can stay faithful until the end. The crown of life that he's offered to give that he has talked about. These are the kind of things that we're looking for and what we're trying to do. Okay? So everything else needs to push towards that. You forget about this stuff, but you keep pushing forward, okay? Nothing can get in your way. Failures, hurts, other people, situations, problems, nothing can get in your way. You have got to stay focused when those things come up on what God is ultimately trying to do so that he can pull it off and make the miracle happen for you, okay? Now, I wanted to remind you of something. This is your responsibility. If you're called to be man of God, if you are a man and you're listening to me and you want to know what God has for your life, this is it. You have got to be productive. You've got to make sure things are happening. You can't afford to sit back and take things slow and take things leisurely and rest and sleep and drink and be merry and play video games. You just you can't do that. It's not what God called you to. There's way too much he wants to do for you to even have time to be doing all, to be doing all this stuff. Now, am I saying there's no time for leisure? God made it very clear. He established a Sabbath day for people to be able to rest. He put these things in place because that's what God is trying to do. We need the rest. But there's a difference between resting and being slothful, lazy, sluggish. There's a big difference between actually gaining rest. For example, 
You've been up all night looking at Facebook, watching Netflix, but you're laying in a bed, right? Not the same thing. Kicking back and destroying your next day of sleep because even though you're in the bed, you're not asleep, you're doing something else. It's not helpful, not restful, not what you need, okay? So that is exactly what we are looking to do. So, all right, you may be thinking, let's boil it down. David, what are you asking me to do? All right, here's what I'm doing, guys. I am giving a very clear challenge to you. Over the next week, I want you to begin setting some goals. Now, these goals should challenge you and should feel like more than you can do, like they're just out of reach. But don't ever set impossible goals, okay? Like if you're, a, if you're like a million dollars in debt, don't set a goal of being debt-free by the end of the year. Don't do that, okay? But focus on something that's not easy either, all right? I don't want to set a goal of washing one plate per day. Not a good goal, all right? You know, running a hundredth of a mile. It's like to get to my car. That's not a good goal. Set goals. Now, maybe I think I can end up running a mile by the end of the year. Well, make it, make it one and a half or make it two just so that it's out of reach. That way, even if you don't quite make it, you know you were pushing the boundaries of that goal. But if you just set it for something you could do, you're not going to grow. You've got to set these things. Push it. Try it. Set it out there. And remember, God's going to be with you, so you're looking for his help in this as well. Now, in order to do this, one of the things that you need to do is you need to stop and take time to think about your life, where it needs to be, and what God wants you to do with it. So how can you get... How can you get there? What are you doing? What is needed? Okay. If you need to be a better husband, a better father, if you need to be a better uh, a servant, a better minister, you know, a better son, a better brother, whatever these things are that you need to do, you need to stop and you need to assess your life and say, okay, what am I doing? How do I get to that point? What are some day-to-day things I could be doing to get me there? Stop. Think about them. Put them into place. These are the goals that we're talking about. All right. After you figure out what those goals need to be, I need you to set the goals. And I'm talking about put them into place in such a way that they are not changing. I have set this goal, and now I have a man of my word. I'm going to stick to it and make it happen. That is what you've got to do. You've got to make the plans. You've got to put a plan in place. Now, you're going to have to adjust those plans over and over again. That's just life. That's how things go. But you don't ever give up. That plan and that goal is still the top priority, and you've got a system that's adaptable in place to make sure you're able to satisfy what that needs and what it means, okay? So don't ever give up. Make your plan and stick to it. All right. Make the goal. Bring the oomph. Lock in the focus. So we're going to keep coming back to this pro- this uh, this particular topic over and over again for obvious reasons. This is a foundational lesson in how we need to structure our goals and our productivity in our lives, where we need to put the focus and what we need to be working on. Okay. This is actually a lot bigger than you may realize right now. Listen to this. This may sound very simple, but you begin to put this into place and see how it works out. And we'll begin to be, we'll be giving you help with that. Um, it becomes huge. You begin to realize this actually is affecting you in every aspect of your life far more than you thought it was, but it is, it is big and it is what can set you free. Okay. Put it into practice, keep working on it. And guys, like I said, set them out of reach. Send where it's really going to challenge you to do better, to be better and to step up. Okay. That's what you need to do. All right, guys. So that is what we're talking about today. We're just basically saying you've got to have, in order to be productive in life, you need a clear goal. You need to have the oomph to get up and go after it. And then you need to have laser focus to make sure that everything is going towards meeting that goal in the time that you need to meet it or going after those things in the way that God has set it for you. Okay. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. I always encourage you to keep pushing, keep striving and don't give up and don't surrender. 
the enemy's after you. I know he is, but don't give up and don't surrender under any circumstance, okay? You hang in there, set your goals, bring the oomph, set the focus. God bless you. You have a wonderful week. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Fastening Truth. Don't forget to subscribe. And remember, many are called, but few are chosen. We'll see you next time.